to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? The blackest dies. Oh, God. Come on! Welcome back to the Skewered Universe podcast. My name is Jeff. And as you heard last time I recorded, I have a special guest on for this episode. This is January is for Giallo. This is the final episode. And we are talking 1987's opera directed by Dario Argento. Two, one, now. Is this a joke? Ravens are very vindictive. They don't forget. You just have to watch. And who better to have on than someone who expressed to me their appreciation for this film, their appreciation for Argento and Giallo. You heard him back when we covered Ernest Scared Stupid on this show. You've heard him on Tales from the Podcast. He's got several other things that you've probably heard him on, too. Nasty Nation, all sorts of stuff. We're going to bring him in right now. It's my boy, Chuck. How you doing, Chuck? How's it going, man? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. You're doing all right. Good to hear, man. Good to hear. I'm doing all right, too. Good, good. So, yeah, you expressed interest in coming on to talk opera. I had it slated, so it kind of just worked out. Yeah, man. Uh, well, I caught uh, I caught uh, the episode tells the podcast that you were on not too long ago, and and you were uh, you were mentioning it. Um, so I was like, well, shit, I want to hit him up because I, I, I this is I, I love this kind of shit. It's it's everything my little gory heart loves. <laughs> same, same. It's this was this was the movie that introduced me to Giallo. Okay. I had okay. I had no idea. I knew about Italian horror because I had seen uh, Suspiria. That was my first introduction to a- Italian horror. Argento, yeah. a friend of mine, just bought it, bought the DVD for me on one of my birthdays years ago, and goes, "Take this home and watch it. This is yours to keep. You will appreciate it. I guarantee it." Right. And I've been a fan of weird Italian shit ever since. It kind of gets stuck in you, man. Like I mean, like it, it, it's. It's a style of of horror and suspense like no other. It's you, you kind of always know 
the tropes of Italian horror and stuff. Just, just kind of like when you know you know what you're getting into when you watch a fucking Korean or you know Japanese horror film. You know they have their little things about them that uh, you know besides the overdubbing and all that shit. But you know they had little things uh, about them that make you realize what exactly you're watching. Right, right. And that's that's one of the things, like you said, it does stick with you. That's one of the things I really appreciated was just their film Italian filmmaking is like no other. Yeah, just like you said. So mm-hmm. before we dive in, what was what's like your experience with this movie in particular and maybe a little bit of your experience with Argento, just to kind of let people know where you're coming from on this? Well, all right. So Argento came for me about the same time that I got into Fulci. Because okay. um, it was kind of it's actually kind of funny. Um a long time ago, short little story here, a long time ago I worked at a CVS, uh, or I'm sorry, at a Rod Aid. <laughs> And uh, there was a regular that would come in that was an ex-girlfriend of a friend of mine. And she had a really bad drinking problem and came in and had a bag full of, uh, of movies that uh, she's like, hey, do you want to buy any of these? And I was like, sure, sure. You know, and I looked through and there's a bunch of music videos and different, you know, stuff like that. But there was also um, Zombie um, okay. from Fulci was in there. Um, and I had just found um, a copy of Suspiria on VHS. Oh, nice. Um, and so I was kind of like, oh, shit, okay. Because I, I, had, I had heard of Fulci, and I, I, you know, of course, I heard of, of Argento and stuff. Um, but when it came down to me becoming a fan of the style uh, was the brutality of it and just how mm-hmm. they're really disturbing. I mean, th- this movie, th- now this movie in particular, um, it, it's, 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 it's got a pretty disturbing, like, like little idea about it. I mean, you know, it's always, there's, a, okay, actually, let me back up just real quick. Let me back up. Um, uh, one thing about Italian horror, giallo, whatever you want to call it, um, they love poking eyes. They love to put things in eyes that'll make you, like, squirm. Yes. Just to watch. Uh, Fulci, Fulci was real good about that shit. Um, and, uh, Argento, uh, about the same. And just about any, if you go back and watch any other, uh, Italian directors like that, somewhere in their, in their, uh, their filmography, there is going to be one or two, maybe three or four, um, uh, eye penetrating scenes. Um, so that's that's one of those tropes I was talking about, you know. That's that's that's, that's right. one of those things you you know you always know you're going to get some eye piercing. Um, but with this one, this was probably God, probably about the third or fourth Argento movie I watched uh, okay. when I started getting into it, and it's uh, it's it's one that I, I've I've always liked. It's not my favorite of them, but I, I've always uh, I've always enjoyed it. Uh, simple titles for movies and and all that kind of catch me off. So just like opera, it's like, okay, well I got to check that out. It just sounds like it's interesting. Right. You know? So yeah, that's, that's basically like I, you know, um, I hadn't, I hadn't watched it, uh, God, in a few years until I rewatched it last night. And, uh, it's, it still holds up as a fun one to watch. It takes a special kind of person to watch these movies and enjoy them. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. Yeah. I just finished it not too long ago before we jumped on here to record. And, I hadn't seen it in quite some time, so I 
kind of completely forgot. Like I remembered the premise, but I had forgot who actually was the killer, where the story went. And I was just like, Oh yeah, this is why I like this so much. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, we'll get into it, but the premise alone is like, this is pretty fucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I, it really kind of sinks into like the whole stalker thing mm-hmm. a little bit. And, um, no, yeah, well, well I, there's, there's a couple other things, but I, I want to—I'll get to that in a, in, a, in a few. I figure I'll figure certain things will be brought up. But I don't want to skip to it, you know, too much of it. Right, right, right. So, basically, the the premise of opera is there's this young opera singer who is the understudy for a play of they're doing Macbeth. The main, the lead in the play that she's the understudy for gets hit by a car, taken out. She's elevated to take over the role, and then she's stalked by a murderer who forces her to watch horrific murders happen yeah. to people affiliated with her along the pro- in the production. Yeah, that has been haunting her dreams since she was a young child. That's that's the very basic synopsis of this film. Pretty deep. Pretty deep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's. It's a crazy one when you really start watching it. Oh yeah, uh, and and actually, one thing I was going to say since you're going to talk about, uh, you know, he makes her watch him kill these people that she knows. Um, it's the way that he goes about it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, puts the needles and the on the tape, you know, under, you know, underneath her eyes, so she can't, so she can't close her eyes, and she has to watch. Which I, that, that's one thing that I actually love about this movie is just that. That whole thing, because it's just so demented. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, uh, what's kind of funny about that is that whole thing was actually started out as a joke from Argento, right? Um, because he had said that he had made a joke to somebody saying that uh, uh, he really hates it, like you know, when people turn away when they're watching the movie at the at the, at the, the gory parts and all that stuff. And it was like, if I just could figure out some way to put, you know, get their eyes, you know, keep their eyes open. And it's like, man, if you're going to do it, I mean, a bunch of needles, that's one way to, that's one one way to make somebody keep their eyes open. Yeah. And yeah, I remember the first time I was just like, oh, oh no. And even against that, I was like, mm. it's unsettling, but it's not only the fact that you see the needles are so close to the eye. It's yeah. the fact that every time she starts to blink and pulls her eyelids back, there's just little droplets of blood moving down the needles. Yeah. Yeah. Which just that little bit shows you like, oh, she's not walking away unscathed. She's right, still yeah. she's tr- she's trying to blink and shut her eyes to not see, but she can't. And she's getting injured every right. time she tries. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's it's so twisted. It really is. And then uh, something else uh, uh, about this movie and a lot of Argento's films um, is the fact that most of the time when you see a killer with black gloves on in any of his movies, it's actually him doing the killings. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, he most notably, he has killed his daughter in a few movies that she's been in that way. Um, you know, where it has like the, the, the POV, you know, right. the killer, you know, if, it, if he's wearing black gloves, it's, it's most likely him. And I'm pretty sure that was, the, it was the same case for this one too. So, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, the, the shot, the way that it's shot um, in the uh, in the killing scenes uh, is something I always enjoy, too. Um, how he kind of 
puts the camera, you know, he makes it look like it's you, you're seeing out of her eye with the, the needle sticking up and all that shit. Yeah. And him just standing there mocking her while he does all this shit. Like, it, it's, it, I don't know. That's that's one thing I love about Argento is his style is some of his shots are so bizarre and they're just, I don't know, they're, they're thought provoking in a lot of ways. A lot, you know, a lot of times he, he focuses on colors and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the soundtrack usually like that's, uh, that's, that's one thing that, you, that, that I gotta say, cause talking about, you know, Fulci and Argento is, you know, Argento was always the one that had the more vibrant colors in most of his movies. And he shot it a, a different way where it was like artistic, you know what I mean? Right. Like artistic deaths and all that stuff. And Fulci was just like, eh, kill the bitch. <laughs> you know, yeah. let's just figure out the nastiest way we can do this and really fuck some people's heads up. Fulci um, to me was always a more visceral, realistic feel in a way. And yeah. Argento was the the vibrant colors, the more surreal side. Yeah. Exactly. Like, es- especially yeah. you look at something like Suspiria, not so much with opera. I mean, there's still the crazy color palette in certain things. But yeah. Suspiria for me is like Argento just dialing up that surreal factor. And yeah, because each scene is lit a different color every time. Certain things, you know, this one is still beautifully shot. But there's there's those things that are typically Argento, like you said. And we're getting dual POV. We're getting POV of our main character Betty as she's tied up, watching through the needles in her on her eyes, watching the murders yeah. happen. And then we're getting the POV, of course, of the killer themselves. So which we're is a like, great. I mean, which I think is awesome. Yeah, I I don't think I've seen another movie really do that. We've we've seen the POV shot of the killer so many times. I mean Yeah. But to get the POV yeah. of the the person who's being forced to watch the murders. Yeah. I haven't seen too many films that do that except for this one. I'm trying to think of the of anyone that I could think of that uh that did that do that. And off the top of my right. head, I'm not. There's, there's probably some out there, and I just can't think of any right now. But this was the right. first one I yeah. saw do it. It's the, it's the only one that's coming to mind at the moment. Uh, I'm sure. I, I mean, hell, unless you just, yeah, because the only ones I'm thinking of, I'm pretty sure there's a couple other Argento movies that, that do that too. So yeah, Argento's the man at that shit. Yeah. I mean, and even even the first person shots of like going down the stairways in the that stairwell, they had that really curvy stairwell and some of the POV shots of the killer going up and downstairs. It was just really, it still had a surreal feel to it. Not as extreme as Suspiria, but it was almost like floating up and down these stairs and down this staircase. You weren't getting the motion of steps. Right. It was, it was kind of off putting like, Oh, is this going to be some supernatural thing? Or is it just, He's doing it like, I'm going to keep you unsettled throughout this entire film because that's what I do, which is probably what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, Argento, man, I, that's that's one thing about him is is most of the time, of course, he's got he's got movies that are supernatural as well as, uh, you know, just the usual serial killer thing. Uh, but right. most of the time, honestly, if you actually look at a lot of his movies, I mean, he. Uh, he kind of sticks with the the killer vibe, you know what I mean? Um, he usually, yeah, you know, like I, it's, it's usually, 
it, it's usually, you know, a killer in black gloves, obviously, you know, I talked about earlier. Um, and usually going after some poor female that doesn't deserve it. <laughs> right. Yeah, some some innocent female who just happens to catch their eye and they're like, oh, okay, I'm going to torture you. I'm going to stalk yeah. you. Like, let me see here real quick, because I'm, I'm, I've got the laptop pulled up, so I'm just kind of curious about a couple of things. Let's see. Because you got, let's see, Suspiria, which is supernatural and killer, a little bit of both. Right. Uh, Inferno. That one, I, I think, was supernatural. I believe so, because isn't it? Uh, I believe it's, I believe it's Asperia, Inferno, and is it Tenebrae? Are the the Tenebrae? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those yeah. are all tied in together. The three mothers and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that's that's. I'm yeah, sorry. I haven't seen them yet, but I know I know the lore behind everything. I'm I'm working my way through. Well, then you got like Demon and Demon Two and and all that shit, but then you like, you know trauma and there's so many other ones but yeah like yeah. he usually sticks he usually sticks with the the serial killer thing which is fine you know but like when yeah. he does when he does a, a, a supernatural demonic possession type thing or whatever he usually owns it too you know yeah yeah and on a side note you mentioned demons i fucking love demons <laughs> yeah that's uh, yeah that demons is a is an interesting one it's it, it's a fun one yeah i should it's not out. for everybody yeah, I showed it to Leia a while back, and she was like, this is awesome. She hated the chauvinistic males, which I was like, yeah, you're supposed to. Yeah. You're not really supposed to like anyone in this film. You're just supposed to be like, this is crazy. Let's go for it. Well, let's also be honest. It's an Argento film. Yeah. So, exactly. <laughs> and that's, you know, Argento, Fulci, uh, Baba, like all those guys, man. Usually there is some kind of sexism <laughs> Looming its head around somewhere, you know. Oh yeah, showing his pigs and shit like that. Yeah, that's yeah. just that's that's just one of those things that you just you know you know if you know you know you yeah. get into you know exactly if if you can set aside like how bad that is now for its behavior that way, just be like okay, this is how different culture, different way of thinking. You know, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I don't. Know, I'm not condoning. The actions the way it is, but as no. from an artistic standpoint, I understand why characters are written that way. So, exactly, and a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people fucking forget that. I mean, they, 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 these days, I mean, some of these movies could not be; they wouldn't be able to be made these days. Not here in oh. the states. No, you know, not Definitely released not. in the states anywhere. Because I mean, there's there is so much shit going on. Whatever you know, uh, woke culture and all that cancel culture. Mm-hmm. People sometimes forget that you know. Because I was watching, oh, was I was I was watching an interview with a, a splatterpunk uh, novelist named Edward Lee, mm-hmm. and he, he's he's become a really big influence on me lately uh, in writing, and he does a lot of stuff like uh, Germany puts out like a lot of his books and stuff, um, but he was talking about how people there was I can't remember what book it was that he was talking about, but um, there was a lot of uh, uh, People get mad because some of the characters were, you know, racist or sexist or whatever the fuck. And he's like, you know, I don't feel this way, but like these characters, you know, like I'm writing in these grimy, shitty fucking people. Like, you know, it's their characters. They get theirs. You know what I mean? 
Right. People, I think people forget that a lot of times. It's like, you know, whatever you're reading or watching, like, come on. Like, it's not from the director's point of view, like, of, of those kind of views most, you know, usually. Yeah. You know, but at least that we know of, okay? Right. But, it's like, I've never heard anything bad about Stephen King calling people out, but I've read it, and there are very racist rants throughout the course of that story. Well, I mean, and that's also it's because set the in the 50s. Yeah, it's exactly. set in the 50s. This was unfortunately commonplace at the time for this kind of hate speech to go on. Yeah. But if somebody didn't realize that, picked up that book today and read it, they might be like, oh, we got to cancel him because he's a racist. It's like, no, it's a depiction of life at the time. It's right. letting you know how these characters are, why this certain group came together, why this guy is the way he is, mm-hmm. and what's going to happen. You know, that's that's one of the, the it is actually one of those books that Stephen King does not remember writing much of. Oh, Back when yeah. he was uh, drink when he was drinking and drug and and all yeah. and in all honesty, when it comes down to like people getting up in arms about like possibly getting up in arms with that book, um, there's a whole lot more in that book that's a little worrisome than just the uh yeah the uh the racism and shit like that. But we won't. Yeah, we won't there's yeah, which is which is uh, and I know what you're talking about, and I'm glad uh-huh. there has been no interpretation of that on film ever. Uh, there was a whole lot of talk when that first movie came out. They were afraid that was going to happen. And yeah, everybody was, was like, going, oh, don't, don't. And they did. I, so. I had a feeling I was like, no, there's no way they're going to do that. If they even try, this thing's going to get shut down so fast. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Impossible. Yeah. It's like the, the only way you could possibly even would be some sort of graphic novel, but you would have to really dance around it. But right. <laughs> anyway, we're <laughs> we Sorry, are yeah. weird. Off. <laughs> well, I, no, I, I, also real, real quick, it's still within what we're yeah. talking about. So, well, also, also kind of rearing off, but also kind of on the same topic. Um, talking about Fulci again. Uh, one movie I think you talked about not too long ago um, that could actually very easily been an Argento film uh, is New York Ripper. Oh, definitely, and. That movie, I mean, talk about a movie that couldn't be made today. Oh, like, there's no fucking way. That's that's one of those that's one of those movies that if somebody doesn't know about Fulci, you don't just play that one for them first. No, I, I made I made that mistake once. But. <laughs> <laughs> See, I I went into the New York Ripper having already seen the Beyond, having already seen Zombie, so I was like, I knew what I was getting into. Yeah. So yeah. I already knew what Fulci's track record was. Yeah. Oh, I mean, fuck. those. Those two films are like, you know, you even those two, you don't maybe zombie. You could kind of show the beyond. You don't want to show anybody right away. because they'll be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Kind of like yeah. New York Ripper. They'll be like, why are you showing me this? Which I, I have to correct myself real quick. I got I got fucked up earlier thinking about it. Uh, actually, the beyond was the first time that I I got into to Italian stuff because it was okay. I because I bought it when I was like, like 13 at a mire on a Halloween. Um, it was a, a $5 movie. You know how they'll put out these like mm-hmm. uh, four or five movies on one or whatever. And this one was by itself, but it was called the seven doors of death. Yep. And when I was younger, I just loved this movie. I just thought it was, it was, it was, it was gory. It was, it was kind of creepy. It was, you know, it was, it was pretty cool. And when I got older and then finding out that it's the beyond, and then you know zombie came along and superior about the same time. So just want to correct myself real quick. I don't know. I don't know why I didn't. Yeah, 
but yeah, oh, all good, man. All good. <laughs> hey, it sometimes it's hard to keep track, and then with something like the Beyond, because it has like five or six different titles depending on where you're looking. Right. Uh, yeah. Exactly. I mean, which a lot of yeah. these do. Yeah. Several, a lot of these do. I think Opera has a uh, has another name that I didn't know about. I don't have it right in front of me, but I was like, oh, because I was looking up images, you know, to put together, it, and it was. Re- Released as Terror at the Opera. Yes, originally. thank you. That was it. Terror at the Opera. Yeah, I was like, huh. So much better just being called Opera. I think. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't like that title. Right. Yeah. A lot of times, a lot of times, uh, different, you know, different titles come about because they know in certain certain countries, you know, what will spark somebody to want to go see something if they put something in the title. You know, they've they've done that with so many movies uh, throughout right. time. And so, like with with opera and a lot of you know a lot of the Italian movies, they had to change it up because, in all honesty, like I, I would say that if you put a movie out called Terror at the Opera and it comes out today, like yeah, people are probably gonna like go see it. But if you put a movie that's called Opera and you know it's a horror film, like that right there, simple, the simple, the, like the simpler the better. You know what I mean? Right. It kind of sparks ideas in, in the mind before you even before you even watch it, just based on the title sometimes. Yeah, well, sometimes, uh, and don't get me wrong, sometimes a title that's, I don't want to say long, but has a few more words to it, you're like, wait, what is that? It kind of goes, you kind of go, I wonder what that's about. Yeah. And then you realize, yeah. oh, it's a horror movie, but something that's just like, this is horror, it's called opera, strap in. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, single word, single word titles for me always seem to work a little better, so I'm like, huh. Yeah, right. one or two, one or two, that's, you know, it's like, like, you know, Seven Doors of Death and the Beyond. You know what I mean? Like the Beyond is such a, a just a better title than Seven Doors of Death. Right. But when you're like 12, 13 years old and you buy a movie called Seven Doors of Death, you have to show it to all your friends. Yeah, and and Seven Doors of Death to me works on two levels. One, you could be like, oh, this is some kind of weird horror movie, probably, or you're like, this is going to be some weird English dubbed kung fu movie that I never knew existed. Because that right. title kind of works as a kung fu title as well, which is really weird. <laughs> Yeah, I've never thought about that before, but yeah, you're right about that. Just that when was, you said it, I'm, like a, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, huh. Sounds like some Wu-Tang shit or something, you know? Yeah, like definitely it would be like some Shaw Brothers thing that somebody would randomly find. Like, oh, it's this Lost Film, Seven Doors of Death. Like, what? Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. But back to this. I, I don't want to run through like the entire movie going like scene by scene, things like that. I basically just want to talk about what are some cool things we like. We're going to spoil this anyway. We're going to spoil right. the shit out of this one because it's 87. And look, if, if you listening out there haven't seen this, stop, go to Shudder and put it on. Yeah. Come back Shutter's, after hey, you've Shutter's watched great. it. And actually, yeah. the, the release on Shudder, the print they have, it's beautiful. It is. I don't know who restored it, but it is so crisp. Oh, I know. Like, I didn't yeah, expect Shutter's that, really good about that shit. Yeah. I was like, wow. Okay, because the last movie I watched for this, uh, Black Belly of the Tarantula, the one that I just uh, recorded an episode on, that, the print was okay. That was from 71. And it was it was decently restored. But, man, I know there's, you know, 16 years in between. But typically yeah. a VHS print takes, sometimes you don't get such a clean transfer. You get something that looks great, but. This didn't I didn't even see any like film degradation or any noise in the transfer. So whoever did it, spot on, man. It looks beautiful. 
I don't know if I've ever seen Liability of a Tarantula. It's uh, Kavara, right? Yeah, Kavara. Yeah, okay. Pablo Kavara. Yeah, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Yeah. I had I hadn't heard of it. I just was going on Shutter. I was going between Shutter and Screenbox and sourcing stuff for this month that I wanted to do because I've been wanting to do Giallo for so long, and I, I knew I had to. I knew I had to do opera. It was my introduction before I even knew Giallo was its own separate genre. And then right. I found Black Belly of the Tarantula, New York Ripper, and all this other stuff that I just loaded into my Shutter and my Screenbox playlists. I'm like, eventually, I'm touching, I'm watching every one of these. The door even, has been opened. Yeah, even if they're bad, yeah. I want to watch it so I have the ability <laughs> to speak on it. If somebody comes, like, "Oh, you should watch this," and be like, "I did. That one sucks." Right, Here's a better yeah. one. Uh, Try watching this one, you know. Exactly. I mean, like, there's that's that's the thing is like not all of them are that great. Some of them are like, oh, this is really good, and some are like, that's watchable. And some you're like, I can't watch all this. Yeah, like I, I enjoyed Black Belly of the Tarantula. Some people may not. It moves a little bit slower than most giallos, mm-hmm. and it's a little more on the like police procedural slasher side than the okay. just. Just the slasher doing messed up, you know, sexploitation, exploitation side. It was a little more reserved, but I still liked it. It still worked for me. It may not be yeah. for everybody, but for me, I I really enjoyed it. I, I feel the same way, man. Just like going back to New York Ripper. Like, that is not that is not a Fulci film that, uh, that that's not one that a, lot, that a lot of my friends that like Fulci really, really like that much. Um, mm. I, it's goofy. I mean, a killer who talks like fucking Donald Duck. Like, I don't know yeah. what kind of medication Fulci was on. He thought that was a good idea. Yeah, but it it just, it makes the killer something unique. <laughs> you know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. So. You don't expect it. Right, yeah. And and that one was, it was a tough one for me to try to describe how I felt, because I said a couple of times it was fun to watch, and I'm like, okay, this isn't a fun movie. It was fun to watch as in I didn't know where it was going. I couldn't predict who the killer was right. simply because I was watching it just for the first time and just taking it in. I'm like, I just want to take this in. I'm not going to try and guess. I'm not going to break it down as I'm watching it. I just want to watch this with fresh eyes and, yeah. and take it in for what it is. And It's a very I, disturbing I, film. Oh, yeah. I mean... <laughs> The amount, the amount of, uh, the amount of explicit sexual things going on in the New York Ripper. Oh my God! Uh, I'll just go ahead and just uh, and throw it out there. One of the most disturbing scenes, and it's not even one of the scenes where uh, anyone dies. It's the uh, the under the table scene, and that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, I was not, comf- <laughs> I was, I was uncomfortable watching that. I'm like, oh. Mm-mm. Yeah, well, I had a, I had somewhat of a date one night, and uh, I thought it would be a good idea to put that one on, not thinking. Um, and she was uh, she was kind of screaming for me to change the movie, and I was like, "Yeah, you're probably right. I, I didn't really, I didn't even think about that. My bad. I, I think I was just trying to find something somewhat like sexual to get the mood going, not the one to go with. Yeah, the- yeah." You know, and and if it ends up being the one to go with, you seriously got to question what's going through that person's mind. <laughs> uh, the, well, if it, it, well, then that's when I go and should I marry this person? Because <laughs> that's hey, the kind of that's that's the, that's the Chuck Nasty know, nature. <laughs> you know, if you know, if you find the one, if, if she gets the one. if she gets through that scene, 
and looks yeah. at you with lust in her eyes. Put a ring yeah. on it. Yeah. Just not using my feet for nothing. Sorry. Yeah. And it's it's funny <laughs> that <laughs> oh, shit. It's funny when I was reading up on the New York Ripper, not to keep sidetracking off of opera, but right. yeah, yeah. the censorship that happened was on different scenes that depicted the murder. That was fine. They're like, right. oh, that's fine. They're like, yeah. you know, that scene, yeah, we don't need to cut anything of that. But this razor blade murder towards the end, yeah, you're going to have to trim that down. I was like, seems like some odd cuts, but okay. Well, again, you know, that's that uh, that goes along with the uh, the Italian, you know, mindset with some things, you know, and it also goes down yeah. to, you know, what people want to see, that kind of thing. But uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's go back to opera because we because I, I told you I'm, I'm a big I'm a, I'm a I'm a bigger Fulci fan than I am Argento fan, and we could talk about him all night long. But I also love Argento exactly. too. So just you know, but yeah, yeah same. Uh, one thing one thing about opera uh, that that is just the uh, some of the death scenes. Um, you know the fact that <clears throat> the scene where um the main uh, the main girl is uh she's hanging out and backstage and there's some prop issues uh, or clothing issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and the girl finds this, you know, finds the bracelet or the necklace or whatever it was. And uh, she sees that old girl's all like, you know, got the tape and the needles in her eyes. She's like, what the hell? And mm-hmm. Peter comes at her and it's, it's a really weird scene because she gets away from him and he throws a fucking, uh, uh, iron at her. Yeah, and hits her in the back. Old school iron. Oof. Yeah, which I mean, like you know, old school heavy iron like that. That's gonna hurt like a son of a bitch. But like, she, <laughs> the acting is so wonderful in this. But like, Ooh, she uh, she falls down and then just acts like she's paralyzed. Yeah, I, I mean, he did hit her in the middle of the back. I don't know, but oh, what's uh, funny just, is there's a weird cut in that she gets hit. And goes, mm-hmm. oh, and like grabs her back and yeah. like takes two steps and then it cuts. And the next thing she's flat on the floor. I'm like, we didn't see her fall. How did she how did she get down there? Right. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. did she just fall over immediately? We didn't see. It was a weird cut, but. Yeah. And and, you know, she you know, she tells she can tell the killer wants the, the, the necklace. Um, is it a necklace or a bracelet? I think it's a bracelet. I think, it's, I think it is a bracelet. It's got like one of those. Yeah, I think I think it is a bracelet. So she thinks she's got one over on him, throws it in her fucking mouth and swallows it. Uh, and he ends up, which you don't really see it. But no. sometimes that's actually okay. But yeah. he's cutting open her throat and he takes out the uh, the bracelet. Um, which, I mean, in a way, in a weird way, in a weird fucked up way, I wish they would have shown that. <laughs> Yeah, but I like the kidding. sounds, the sounds in that when he's like, you know, he's like going through. You're like, what the fuck? Because at first I was like, he's like, you know, is he cutting through her her, her chest plate? Like, what? and it's just like he's just cutting right through, like right underneath her neck and like mm-hmm. up basically. Yeah, and it's and that's a pretty that's a pretty pretty rough scene. Um, the sound design, the sound design in that just that you hear the crunching and the squishing. And the tearing yeah. as he's using these those big ass uh you know shears for cutting shears. fabric. Just yeah. these big heavy duty and just going in. And I was just like, I was sitting there watching it, and I'm like, oh, this is messed up, but 
okay, when are they going to show it? And they never did. And I was like, I was like, okay, you know what? You're getting away with this one because the sound was so gross and intense. Yeah. My, my mind made it a lot worse than what you would probably be able to show me. Truth. Truth. That's, that's, that, yeah, that's, that's what I was kind of, I kind of say it is like some, sometimes if you, if you got the, the noises where like another movie that actually does, uh, has a scene that, that comes to mind with that is the remake of Novel Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, where, um, uh, Ben, Tony Todd's character is first introduced and he goes out and he, you know, he says, God damn you, God damn all of you. And you don't see him, you, uh, you don't see him actually stabbing the zombie, but you, you see him slam down the crowbar and mm-hmm. you hear it like, you know, so like your mind is already kind of like already got it. You're already seeing it in your head. So you don't really need them to show you. And then, then, yeah. that, then that's one of those scenes too, that like you said, um, my mind was already a lot nastier than it probably could have been. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm glad you brought up that scene because I do as much as I love the original night of the living dead, mm-hmm. I equally love the remake. It's one of the best. It's one of the best remakes. It really yeah. fucking is. It's yeah, just we talk about on grave talk, graveyard talk a lot. It comes up constantly. <laughs> yeah, it it does so much to pay homage to the original, but yet it's its own thing because Barbara yeah. isn't just some weak woman who's cowering the entire time. No, she is she a badass becomes, bitch. Oh yeah, and when she turns around and drops fucking uh, <laughs> shit, what's uh Harry on the stairwell? She just turns and goes. Pops him right in the head and goes, oh, yeah, there was another one. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, Cooper. <laughs> yeah, Cooper. You came <laughs> back. You came back. Yeah. I love and, that fucking movie. Oh, yeah, man. I do love that movie. But, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, no. Uh, uh, but, yeah, that that, that scene in, in opera, that that was one of those. But And you go a little, a little bit earlier on, um, and the love interest uh, for a split second in the beginning of it. Um, oh, yeah. Who – who was actually played by a guy, I can't remember what his name is, but he, I, what I know him from is the Ice-T, Rutger Howard, Gary Busey um, film, uh, Surviving the Game. Are you um, kidding me? Okay. He plays he plays the son of, uh, ah, fuck. He's an older, older actor who was also, it was, he was in... Uh, uh, Scarface and Last Action Hero and a bunch of different movies. He always plays a bad guy, uh, but he played his son in that movie. And that's why I, that's I was like, oh shit, it's that guy. Because that's what I do. I always, when I watch a movie, if I recognize somebody, I point it out, even if I'm right. by myself. <laughs> but yeah, but oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and I didn't realize he had an accent either until watching this. Um, but he gets you. You don't. They don't. They don't shy away from from seeing him get slaughtered. No, uh, not at all. all. No. I mean, you see the knife go into his throat, up through his mouth, and they close up on the mouth so you can see the tip moving yeah. around. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, all right. Um, okay, oh, thanks, which, Argento. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, something else, to, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, go ahead, man. Um, That's fine. I get excited talking about this shit. Uh <laughs> But uh, something else that we have to mention when it comes down to this, I'm going to get back to some of the death scenes too, but but something to do with the death scenes is the music. Um, because Dude, this movie yes. is very, it's very like, you know, uh, somber and and some of, the, some of the music in certain scenes um, is almost, 
almost too happy sounded in certain parts. Um, yeah. And then when you get to like, all right, she's got, you know, Duder's got the, the nail or the, the needles under her eyes and he's getting ready to kill somebody. And then you start hearing that, that, that heavy uh, 80s glam rock uh, mm-hmm. music playing. And I'm like, God, and the thing is, I'll tell you what, every time that music came on, because it's very fast, whatever the fuck, I was thinking, you know what would have been even better of a band to put on for those scenes? Fucking Motorhead. Oh, they should have had they should have had Motorheads killed by death every time. Killed by death. Come on, think about that for a second. Every time, like, watch that movie again, and every time somebody like gets killed, just put on just put on Killed by Death by Motorhead. It's gonna be it's gonna work out fine every time, guaranteed. Long yeah, long live Lemmy. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, I understand that because it was it was so different because a lot of the scenes are either scored, like you said, very happily, kind of, I don't want to say whimsical, but operatic. I guess right. would be appropriate. Some scenes right, are just yeah. silent. Mm-hmm. There's there's nothing. And then there's a couple of scenes that are scored strictly by the sound of ravens. Yes. And then when yes. you get that, that, like you said, glam rock sort of, you know, semi-metal soundtrack for the killer, it's like, wait, what? What happened? But I yeah. did enjoy it. It kind of throws you off. It. it threw me off, but I did enjoy it. Oh, yeah. I thought it was great they did that. I mean, because when you, like, you know, again, you know, you take a movie that has, um, you know, these these whimsical uh, type operatic, like, you know, music, you know, score in the background, whatever, and then you know shit's getting ready to happen. Like, brr, like I forgot about that when I was watching this last night. Um I don't know how, but I, I just it slipped my mind. And when the first kill happened, and, and uh, which I think it was old dude, um, I'm pretty sure it was. wasn't the first wasn't like the first kill, the the like the boyfriend guy or whatever that, that yeah gets the yeah. And when that came on, I was like, oh shit, yeah, that's right. I think it's perfect. I, I think yeah. that 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 was that. There's no other way they could have done that with with the with the, the, the score on that that moment. I think it was great. Yeah, I think once you get to the end of the film and you realize that it's sort of chaotic and jarring, it it ties into the character that is the killer because they're very chaotic once you understand they're not all there. So it that chaotic energy definitely fits with that music change. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of the I mean, the score is done by Goblin. Goblin and Argento go hand in hand basically. Uh I was I was I was getting there. <laughs> yeah, uh, Go- Goblin is well. Their their whole career has been pretty much. Um, I don't really know much about them before they started doing the whole score and movies thing, um, but they definitely became a staple um, in you know uh, a lot of Argento's movies. Yeah, um, and a few other movies. They were on tour a couple of years back. Um, they came around. They were in Kentucky at one point, and uh, I was so bummed I didn't get to go see them because I had a, I had a oh, few man. people I knew that went. Yeah, because I think they actually like. I, I could be wrong, but part of me says that they played in Lexington, which is about twenty thirty minutes away from here. Oh, wow. I, I, about, I about thirty forty minutes away. Yeah, um, at a place that that I've played a couple of times, and uh, oh nice, I didn't get and I didn't get to go. I didn't get I didn't get to mm. didn't get to see it. And it just that still bums me out, man. Because it'd, it'd been that's that'd be one of those experiences where you know you might eat a couple of uh, 
couple of handfuls of uh portobellos mm-hmm. and uh uh maybe uh maybe take uh take a few uh, uh bong hips bong hits bong hips what <laughs> bong hits and uh and just and just enjoy it cuz I, I i just just like john carpenter touring doing his his music stuff like dude mm-hmm. e- e- equal um equal excitement and two things that i will probably never get to see live and that saddens me yeah i've <laughs> i've been wanting to see carpenter for so long and I've kind of set it as a goal that if he ever comes around here again and mm-hmm. I can get the tickets to go, I'm going to fucking go. But if, yeah, if Goblin were to ever do it, because I know Goblin for a long time wasn't doing anything because I think they had like disbanded for a while. Yeah. And then sort of came back together and started doing that tour. And I remember hearing about that. And my knowledge of Goblin only goes from what they've done with Argento in certain films. It's why I have a playlist that I listen to every fall starting the, you know, right towards the end of September. And it's got yeah. the scores from like Tenebrae and all that. So Profondo Rosso plays every fall for me. And I'm like, yeah, this is, and all the goblin stuff from those Argento films just plays. And I'm like, this is getting me right in the mood for what I need this, this time of year. Well, let's, uh, I've got, I've got to pull up here. So I, real quick, I'm going to read off. Um, some of the some of the films that Goblin has scored, uh, let's see, Roller, not sure about that, Suspiria, Martin, The Heroin Busters, Bloodstained Shadow, Zombie, mm-hmm. uh, Patrick, uh, let's see, Beyond the Darkness, Saint Helens, Tenebrae, uh, Tenebrae, Tenebrae, how do you say it? Hell of the Living Dead, Phenomena, The Church, which those those are both uh, Argento. Um, Well, okay. Phenomena is Gento, is Argento, but The Church, which I thought it was Argento. Maybe he just produced it because it says it says Michelle Savi. I don't know, but Sleepless that's that's Argento. I think Argento uh, was behind like getting the church released. So like as a producer and like distribution manager or yeah. something like that. Yeah, because yeah. I've seen the church and I saw it because I saw Argento's name was attached in some way. Um and man, it, it looks like uh at some point around two thousand let's see. Uh yeah, I guess around two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve, uh they started putting out live out. Um, and then 2014, they put out a collection, uh, then they put out 2015, the horror box, uh, three LPs. Um, and then you, uh, see, they also got the deep red 40th anniversary, which did they work on? Well, okay. Deep red. That's, uh, uh, wait, deep reds. That's Argento. Yeah. It's Argento. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um which I'm not seeing that on here, but it says that they put that out. Which I know they also they also uh covered a few other soundtracks that wasn't theirs, I think, too, on occasions. Yeah. But yeah, they, they kinda I guess I guess when um you know, when when Italian horror and everything kind of spiked back up and there was a little bit more of a um a wanting of this kind of shit, you know. Uh, they were like, you know what? There's a market for this now. <laughs> um, so maybe mm-hmm. we should go for it. There's been 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, four. God, there's been a shit ton of uh, lineup changes from this band. Yeah, because there's about there's about twenty something that I'm noticing on this. <laughs> it's like, damn. I think I think I think mainly I think it's it's mainly the main dude I want to say, but I could be wrong about that. I, be, yeah, I believe yeah. I believe that's what it is. Yeah, because I believe yeah. at one point when one of the first time and this is back to different podcasts I had heard they were talking about it, and I think he initially like disband like stopped Goblin and was doing his own thing and scoring films and doing his own musical endeavors, and then eventually came back around. It's there's a whole that weird, right. there's a whole weird history there. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm like, I just know you guys have done some really cool shit for for movie scores and soundtracks. Here's something interesting. I'm I'm reading. It says, uh, uh, let's see here. They did the score for the European version of George A. Romero's 1978 Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, that makes in sense. Both, in, in both this and Suspiria's opening title sequence, they are credited as the Goblins with Terry Argento. Tracks one, two, and seven from the European version are also in the American version of the film. Interesting. It's 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 not surprising considering I delved into the history of Dawn of the Dead years back when I first saw it, and you know how Argento got it distributed in Italy, how they worked together on the film, he and Romero, and all that kind of stuff. There's a whole back history with that film that I had no idea about till I first bought it, and yeah, well, there's there, the there's history. a. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was, yeah. I, I thought it was over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, you're good. You're good. Uh, I was just going to say that, uh, yeah, um, Romero and Argento had a, had a friendship. Um, uh, that was, so they, the two, the two evil Oz. You ever seen that one? I have not. It's on my list to watch. Okay. Okay. Cause that's, 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 it's two stories, one by Argento, one by uh, Romero. Uh, and uh, it's it's actually it's it's one of my favorites. It's it's, it's fucking killer. But uh, but yeah, uh, Argento and Romero they 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 had like a, a nice little friendship there for for a long time. Um, and of course, you know, Romero passed away a few years back, and uh, right, Papa Romero as we call him, um, <laughs> uh, his son's a friend of mine. <laughs> um, oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and they were always the one thing that I was told about Romero and Argento meeting um, was Argento had to have um, a an interpreter because Romero didn't know how to speak Italian and that kind of shit. Mm -hmm. And they would have like hour long conversations uh, with somebody else, like just interpreting back and forth. And uh, and you know, I I I would have liked to seen more. Um, of those two collaborating, and also uh, Argento was supposed to uh, him and Fulci. They were supposed to work together, um, but Fulci um, unfortunately got really sick and uh, passed away before before that was even able to happen. But Fulci was also uh, unfortunately it's actually kind of sad. He he died pretty much broke, and yeah. uh, uh, his when he died, his funeral and everything, Argento took care of. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's like taking care of each other in one way, shape, or form, you know? 
Yeah. I would have loved oh. to have seen more from Argento and Romero and even something from Argento and Fulci. That would have been God damn. Yeah, that would have been like I got chills just thinking about it. Like, I mean, could you could you imagine? Two two of the, the biggest names in, 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 in Italian horror, giallo, whatever. Um, like because they, they have they, they had a very similar style in a lot of ways, but like you know, we were talking about that earlier, the differences or whatever. Um, but they were so so similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. Too. Um and I think I think it would have been a bloody sexy mess. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean the two, I mean, when you when you talk about Italian horror and giallo and just Italian filmmaking, I mean, Argento and Fulci are two that come, especially when you're talking genre fare. Mm-hmm. They're the two that most everyone knows or learns about first, and then from there you start getting into like you know Bava and Lenzi and going down, you know, that staircase of all these other filmmakers that are there. The the lesser knowns or maybe the not as known as well as Fulci and Argento. But right. Those two like are at the top of that list, at, at least in my mind, that's the way it works. And it's not so much a hierarchy. It's just their stuff became more known and more mainstream because it became cult and it was, mm-hmm. it was censored or it was, you know, it got notoriety in either a good or a bad way because of content. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Way before um, social media existed, you know. Yeah, there was. I mean, there was always reputations. Uh, yeah, and and you know, the more the more outlandish, you know, you you were or you are. Sometimes that usually gets your name uh, out there to a lot of people in some way, shape, or form. Not always in the best ways, but you know, Bell Lugosi said it best. There's no such thing as bad press. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. If you live these days, he probably wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd I mean, probably let's be, be like, uh, no press is the best, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, like, I mean, you, you usually, from older older uh, horror fans that I know and I've talked to or whatever, it's usually, you know, you start with Baba and you work your way down, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I understand. Sorry, I was I was taking a drink. My mouth, my throat got a little dry there. Oh, you're good. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> hey now, hey now. Um, but yeah, um, back to what we were, we were talking about. Like just the 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 intensity of the intensity of some of these movies, and some of these, especially like opera, like some of these scenes. Like what what, what are what are we named a couple of of, of the death scenes? Um, I'm trying to think of. Trying to think of some of the other ones, and I'm trying to draw, kind of drawing a blank. I got I got one right off the top of my head, uh, it, and the entire time it was uh, when our main character gets back to her apartment, mm-hmm. and she's told, "Okay, I'm going to send one of my cops there to look after you. Here's his name. You'll know when he shows up. You know, let him in. He'll be there to make sure you're safe." Yeah, that yeah. entire scene when that guy comes in because she put in eye drops, she couldn't see was tense because you're like is this the killer is this not the killer and she had her her friend coming over and then her friend after the killer or cop we're not entirely certain at this point leaves she's telling her you go get the phone i'm gonna stand by the door yeah and then 
the person comes back to the door, open up, let me in. It's the cop. Look, I've got my ID. Can you see it? She goes, no, let me see your face. He oh, goes, oh, yeah. Like, waves the gun. He goes, I've got a gun. She goes, let me see your face. And he just points the gun right at the eye hole at the peephole and just shoots, shoots her in the eye. But it's not just, oh, it goes through it. You see the bullet travel down you see through it. the peephole right into her eye. And then she just in slow motion. And it was so fucking beautiful. I loved it. No, that, 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 that's, that that's a great scene. Yeah, I had forgot that's, about that's that. That's a one. good one. I was like, "Oh, um, bravo!" Which you know, it's funny because you think there'd be more movies where that kind of shit happens. Um, the only the only other one that I could think of, well, the only one that comes to mind is <laughs> the Van Damme movie Hard Target. Yeah, they do, they do, they do something similar in that. Um, but uh, that was also. How Richard Kuklinski, the Iceman, uh, actually he killed one or two of his his uh, his victims like that, where he would just he, he could tell that they were in front of the people and blast them. But yeah, the scene's incredibly realistic. Yeah, and it's and brutal kinda, as fuck. I'm kind of disappointed that Leanne's not on this episode, and she's she's gonna kill me for this. So I'm gonna have to have you back on so you guys can talk a little more about Kuklinski because that is. Like she, her, her favorite serial killer. She just like is so intrigued by the man's history. So she would probably have known that right away when you said that. Well, I'm going to correct you. He wasn't a serial killer. True. He wasn't a serial killer. He was a hired hand. Would he kill? Would he kill just about anybody? Yeah. No women, no children. Yeah. Um, I'm a big, I'm a big, big Kuklinski guy too. And he, uh, he was, we we actually used uh, samples of him um, in our first cassette that we put out years ago. Um, yeah, because nice. he's he's one fun person. He's he's got some fun interviews to watch, man. The way he he carried himself and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was very matter of fact. He's like, oh yeah, I would do this, this, and this to earn their trust, and then I'd kill him. It was easy. Oh, it was a job. I'm like, like whoa. So well, I did misspeak. This is this is how little I know of Kuklinski aside from what Leanne has showed me. That I right. labeled him as a serial killer because usually he gets lumped into that bunch. So, right, right. But you know, it's just, he, he, there was one time. What was he told? They asked him, "What was it? The worst? Is there ever a killing that you, you know, you you regret?" And he's like, "No. Well, there was one. Uh, I don't want to talk about that one." And he's like, "No, it's okay." And he's like. He was like, there's one time this guy was pleasing. Uh, he was praying to God all over the place. And uh, I, I gave him a half hour. And I told him, if your God can come save you and I come back and you're gone, then you're saved. And he said, uh, I came back and God never came. And it's just like just shit like that. It's like, well, what was the, he's, like, he's like, I stabbed. He's like, I stabbed. The, you know, he's talking about another one. He's like, yeah, I. Uh, I stabbed the guy with a hypodermic needle. And they said, what's in the needle? And he goes, in his case, a heart attack. Ooh. And it just, just I, I, I got chills again. Just like, Klinsky is, he's, he, he was a very interesting cat. He, he really was. But yeah, yeah. I, I would love to come back on and talk, uh, talk with Klinsky. I totally would. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, it doesn't even have to be part of the topic. If she's on and you're on, you guys can just talk about it because... <laughs> she introduced me and I was like, I think the interview he was talking about how he had to kill somebody, but he was like, 
playing it up as if maybe he might not be straight to earn the guys like trust a little bit and then get the job done. I'm like, oh, when he's talking about going to the, he's going to the game. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, like, yeah. That's, yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. Basically, I think the gist was you got to do what you got to do if you got to get the job done. And I don't get it. I don't leave a job undone. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Uh, the man didn't. I mean, he went out, you know, he was, uh, it was Christmas Eve one year and he, uh, he had to go out and he went and, uh, uh, blew a guy's face off. And then the, the, the interviewer was like, what did you, you know, what did you do after that? He goes, I went home and put toys together for my kids. Yeah. I remember seeing that clip and I was like, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. The Kuklinski's face used to be the background of my laptop. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he was just very matter of fact. He's like, it was basically like asking a guy, what did you do before you went home to your family? He's like, oh, you know, I worked my eight hour shift. You know, I dug, I dug trenches for whatever. And then I went home and put toys together. He was like, I went and blew the guy's face off. I went home and put toys together. It's like, it was just another you, day. Yeah, it's like, what did you think I did? I did my job. I went home to my family. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, the guy could hang. The guy hung somebody from his back. <laughs> yeah i mean he was a big motherfucker yeah but yeah yeah sorry <laughs> no 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 we're we're good man all good excellent all good man <laughs> but yeah that the that, that that's in particular that that one that one's probably one of my favorites too just because it was so like you're watching it and you're going don't be a dumbass and put your eye to it like that mm-hmm. like it's very clear like you know you're like i i know what's going to happen he's getting ready blast her one right to the eye and it's just it's, yeah. and it's such a like you say it's a it's a it's a very beautifully done shot i mean you see you know they, they show the 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 bullet really close up going through the door and coming out and uh and spiking her in the eye and again goes with the eye stuff man goes with the eye stuff mm-hmm. he already had needles kind of close to the eye he had to put something in the eye in this case it was a bullet yeah and the the only other movie that off the top of my head I can think of that was I think it was one of the Saw sequels, one of the traps or something was somebody looked out a peephole oh. there was a gun on the other side and just blew two. It right through his eye it was two it was, was it two it was okay. Saw two yeah I was thinking it had to be two or three before they got completely off track and, yeah yeah <laughs> the Saw two Saw two is probably my probably my favorite yeah, yeah so yeah I forgot about that one though yeah yeah good good call now. Yeah, I remember that when you said the other. I was like, okay, yeah, Saw as well. That was the only other one that I could think of. But, yeah, anytime a, a, a there's a gunshot to the eye in a film, it's it's either it's either done really well at, or or you don't really see enough. And I think this one did perfect. Yeah, completely did perfect on it. Which you know that when it talks when it talks about the killer and stuff in this one, I really I really thought it was the blonde haired dude. There for a minute. I forgot. I couldn't. I, yeah. I was like, is the blonde hair do or is it the fucking cop? You know? Yeah. I forgot and, uh, that it was the, it was the cop that showed up early and she was like, what's with this guy? Why is he there? He says he's a fan from the beginning. Mm-hmm. He's acting creepy and you don't really, once he goes on oh, a cop, you're like, okay, he's investigating what's going on. Got it. That's why he's a little weird. He's trying to find out what's going on. Maybe just watching everybody. Nope. Not at all. But I too thought it was the director. Yeah, I was going around. I was like, "Is it this guy?" Because even towards the end, when he grabs her, and goes, "Oh, it was the cop." Who would have thought? I'm like, 
uh, and then he gets hit in the back of the head. I'm like, oh, so it is the cop. Okay. Yeah. Like, shit, I forgot. Like I said, it had been so many years since I saw this. I was like, surprised right. when it happened again. I was like, oh. But like, pleasantly surprised because I didn't just remember like, after a certain scene, like, oh, yeah, it's this guy. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, you know, but he did a good job of making you wonder, you know, you, 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 if you hadn't seen it before or whatever and watching the movie, or in our case, not seen it for a long time, you're like, uh, is it, is it that guy or that guy? When, when a movie, mm-hmm. when a movie has you, because there's always a mystery in a lot of these two of, of who the killer right. is and all that. And a lot of times, especially these days, you, you already can guess who the killer is pretty quick. And when a movie has me going, oh, it's definitely that guy, it's that guy. And then it has me second guessing myself like shortly afterwards. And then I go back and forth with it. Yeah, that's always usually Brady points for me. Yeah. I mean, when you when you do a red herring and you do it right, and I'm like, oh, I totally bought that this guy was. And then, you know, if you have two or three and each time you're like, okay, well, I buy that it's this guy now. It's not that guy. It's this guy. You can throw me off. More power right. to you. So many things nowadays, they don't really... You can kind of figure it out. Yeah. Like right uh, away. In most cases these days... I, now, there's been there's been a, a, a few that have come out that have been uh, pretty mysterious. You know, there's been, there's been a couple that, that have kind of laid down some mystery for you. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, in, the, in the, the, most cases these days, it's, it's, it's usually pretty fucking predictable. I yeah. mean... Let's let's be honest. I mean, like, you know, the paranormal activity movies. You already kind of know what's going to happen with yeah. that movie. You know, with, you know, uh, no matter if you like them or not, you know, they're 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 predictable. You know, like even going yeah. back to the Saw movies. I mean, it was all you know. They they're going on like what their fucking twelfth movie now or some shit they're getting ready to put out. Yeah, and, something. And it's like, why? That's for the point. But it's like after after so long. You're just kind of like, all right, I know, I know the, uh, I know the pattern here. Right. You know, it's like, I know, I know, I know how this goes. And that's why movies like Saw and shit, like the big franchises that come out, that movie just ends up like that franchise ends up running itself from having a good story to being like just a, uh, a borderline smut film and yeah. torture porn, you know, which I mean, after, I mean, I still want, I still, I still watch them all. I still love them all. Um, they should have just left it as a as a fucking trilogy, but you know that that happens sometimes, yeah. and, and a lot a lot more these days than than back in those days. You know, yeah. Saw to me just kind of became ah traps the movie. Yeah, like it. Yeah, like after a certain point, I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch this to see what what the effects look like, and the effects in the movies most of the time were really good, but. When I hear people saying, "Oh, the first Saw sucked. It didn't get good until like Saw four or five. I'm like, mm, "Did crazy. you actually watch the first one? Because the first one is a lot more than just a horror movie. Yeah, so it's, it's a psychological thriller and a horror movie, and it kind of it's the twist that M Night Shyamalan mm. couldn't get to stick in a lot of movies. Pla- firmly, <sighs> firmly stuck. That guy, yeah, because nobody the- knew that that body." in that room between those two guys was going to get up at the end. And you forget about it. That's the, that's yeah. the, oh, okay. So we're going to, we're going to do this real quick. Okay. So in the original saw film, um, it took me a couple watches to like, it. but mm-hmm. the one thing that I left the theater, uh, cause I laughed, me and my friends laughed out loud and people thought we were just fucking sick. 
um, <laughs> at a few things in, in the first Saw movie. But it's, I mean, you know, the, the first two are my, are my favorites. And the fact that the whole time that they're in there, like, you know, there's a body, but it gets to a point you forget there's a body out, like in the middle of the floor. And yeah. so, like, when he gets up and, you know, game over or whatever the fuck he says. Like again, chills just because that's a great fucking ending to that fucking movie. Like it's exactly. that's that's important. That's important uh, horror writing, um, yeah. completely. And I I still remember the first time I saw it because I didn't get to go to the theater and see it. But I made sure if anyone was like, "Oh, have you seen Saw?" I said, "Do not tell me a goddamn thing about that movie because if you yeah. spoil it, I will come back and hurt you. I will <laughs> physically harm you in a way that you would wish you were in that movie." Man, so I still those... remember when when Jigsaw stands up at the at the end mm-hmm. before he pulls that appliance off his head. I was like, "Oh, is it a zombie? Is this like a some weird zombie thing? What the fuck?" And then he pulls that off. I'm like, I was still like, "What the fuck is happening?" And then just game over, shuts the door. I'm like, "Um, how?" Right. And then of course <laughs> we get we get the answers in part two, and you're like, "This fucker's a genius." <laughs> Oh but, yeah, that's that's why I can't hate those movies. Yeah, those movies. First... Uh, Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say the uh, those movies were got so they were kind of the, the beginning of the comeback of like gore in theaters. Yeah. Um, and disturbing stuff because when those movies started coming out, like the theater, because I worked at that ride I was talking about, like just right around the corner. It was like it's a little shopping, um, shopping mall area, uh, and right around the corner is the movie theater. And I used to have all kinds of kids that would come in to, to Rod aid and they're all, oh, we're going to go, you know, we want to go see Saul, blah, blah, blah. And, um, I remember it was Saul three, Saul two or Saul three that came out. I can't remember what it was. And a group of kids that always came in, uh, they're like, Hey, gotta ask you a question. I was like, I'm not, I'm not selling you cigarettes. I'm not selling you booze. Don't even ask. I was like, no, do you think you'd be able to like walk down there and buy us a couple of saw tickets? And <laughs> I was like, let me ask my boss. And my boss was like, she's like, yeah, that's fine. So I walked down and got these kids like fucking saw like tickets and, and just, you know, just spreading the love of horror, just you know, mm-hmm. a little bit more, whatever. At least, yeah. I didn't, at least I didn't sell them alcohol. See? Hey, you're giving them an education. Uh, yeah. Something like that. I always try. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you took a took a three year old into seesaw. No, no, these were these were like thirteen, yeah. fourteen year old like they're just kids, you know? they're just a few years under the legal age to buy the tickets on their own. They're fine. I mean, I was watching shit that I shouldn't have when I was like younger than that. You know, yeah. so I grew up no... watching all sorts of action movies that I shouldn't have been watching. Same. Know. Yeah, I was exposed completely. to all the Chuck Norris films and the Sylvester Stallone films and all that at an early age. So yeah, that and then staying up late nights to watch horror movies and Freddy's nightmares and giving myself nightmares because let's face it, as a child I was a pussy when it came to horror, but I sought out those scares no matter what. Exactly, and I and I still to this day. Uh, uh, look for those scares. Uh, I haven't found too many of them lately, but there's something special about it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Is that after a certain point, you consume so much of this stuff that, like you said, we can pick out the tropes right away. We can determine who the killer is right away. 
you know where it's going and it's like, well, I've seen almost everything that can scare me. So when something comes along and you're like leaving the theater or you're at home watching it on a streaming service and you're like a little disturbed after watching it, you're like, that was, that got under my skin. It's like, good job. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I'm a firm believer and I do this with when I'm writing my horror stuff is like, I, I I don't want you to think that you already know. Like, well, I I, I, I well, actually I take that back. I kind of want you to think you already know where the story is going, and then I will do a complete one eighty, and throw in some really fucked up shit just to make you go what. And I like when movies do that. And, you know, a lot of people bitch about you know Terrifier two. I love the Terrifier movies. Terrifier two I think was great. Um, and it didn't have one of the biggest things I love about it is. You thought you knew, but you had no idea. There was a little bit more every time, like every few frames. There's always that. It's not okay. It's a gory fucking movie, but then you also have this religious aspect of good versus evil, and then you have the sideline of the uh, of the side plot of the 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 woman that had the face eaten off and shit. Like, I don't know if you've seen them or not, but I've seen but, the first uh, one. I haven't seen the second one yet. It's on my. I got to get to it soon. Yeah, because everyone's I've talking about it. I've been avoiding any kind of spoilers about it. So I'm like, okay, I wasn't a huge fan of the first one. And that's mostly just the story for me. Wasn't that intriguing, but what, mm. ca- what made me a fan was the presentation of the gore effects, mm. the presentation of art, the clown who to me is right up there with many of the other prolific horror movie villains at this point. Like he, he Same. firmly planted his feet and is like, I can be up there with Freddie and Jason in that conversation. You're going to recognize me. You're going to know exactly what I bring to the table. And it stuck yeah. with me. I mean, I saw yeah. All Hallows Eve when, you know, you see that character first. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll check out Terrifier. Like I said, the story for me wasn't great, but the effect, a lot of those effects, knowing that that's where they kind of came from was an effects background to do this. It was. Mm-hmm so good so i was like okay i'm on board if you do something else so i want to check out terrifier 2 i've heard that people are like it's way over the top when it comes to gore i'm like okay maybe you don't realize my bar is set kind of high when it comes to gore as far as story i keep the i keep it low but for gore and effects wise it's high because i'm an 80s kid okay so i grew up seeing some of the best stuff put out by you know baker botine Savini, you know, mm-hmm. KMB effects coming around. We we grew up Beekler. We I grew up on these guys doing effects. So I'm like, my my right. standards are high for effects. Yeah. But seeing what the first one did, I'm like, the second one's gonna be good. But when people are like, oh, it's so over the top and gross, I'm like, maybe well, not for me. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say see, that I can see uh, where some some of them are coming from. Go ahead. Let, let's make make your point here. I want to hear. Thank, sorry, sorry, I don't mean to bad. be aggressive about it. No, no, no. I, no, I, I don't, don't, no, I don't mean to like interrupt. I get excited. <laughs> no, no, no. I get, I get, I get excited. How much? Same. No, Same. my thing, my thing about it is, is, is uh, because Terrifier Two is incredibly gory. It, it, the fact that it was uh, put in theaters is amazing. Um, yeah. It almost got it. Almost got an NC seventeen rating. I did hear about um, that, and I heard people walking out because they were visibly getting sick. I'm like, you've never there, seen anything this bad. There is one scene in particular that it's. All I'm going to say it's a bedroom scene. Okay. And there, it's it's so gruesome, 
and it's so over the top. Like, I mean, it's it's gore to be gore, and mm. it I think yeah, it, it's up there with a lot of the lot of the the, the great you know uh, kills and horror. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it, it's brutal as fuck. It really is. Um, and it also goes down to the you know again the special effects being you know uh, not CGI um, and being practical, uh, which makes it even you know even better. Um, but yeah, it's you were also uh, also real quick that you know we're we're kind of going all over the place, but um, but the the thing about it is is also like you said that that art is up there with like Freddie and Jason and Michael Myers and all those guys. And I totally agree. It's been a long time since we have had, um, a straight up original character, an original mm-hmm. villain, um, to come out. You know what I mean? Like, cause you get a lot of these reboots and you get a lot of these, uh, prequels and all that kind of shit. And, we actually have Terrifier, Terrifier 2, Terrifier 3 is coming out. You know what I mean? Like, I like that. Mm-hmm. Terrifier 1, yeah. you know, it's like Terrifier, Terrifier 2. You know, that's the kind of shit, like, I remember when I was a kid, you know, and it was like Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, and, you know, and shit mm-hmm. like that. It's like, you, it's good to have something, you know, so, you know, another, another character to join that uh, hierarchy. And exactly. honestly... I think that art is uh, is is definitely 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 one of them. Um, yeah, and it's it's a breath of fresh air. It's a uh, I, I I don't a lot of people disagree with me, but a lot of people agree with me. Um, art is the savior of slasher. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I said, he firmly just kind of planted his feet and was like, "I'm going to stand right alongside these guys," and I totally buy it. I'm I'm all for it. Because too many times with these movies, you're getting either a killer that's derivative of so many others, or mm-hmm. the movie isn't good enough for what you were trying to do or create this, or you're doing a creepy pasta thing with Slenderman. It's like that that guy. No, it's I'm not right. Buying it. Or you know something like the Bye Bye Man. It's like it's it's just not. Oh God, you're not there. Right, you're not where you should. I get what you were trying to do. You're not there. You're, they try you're, over you're in the over. bargain bin of horror villains. You're over here with guys that lasted one movie, you know, mm-hmm. or even if they got a franchise, they're not memorable. They don't live up. Like, do you, do you remember yeah. Killjoy? You ever <laughs> Killjoy? I know who Killjoy is. I have not seen the movies, but I, I mean, full moon, full moon. Yeah. 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 Uh, there, there's a whole franchise of that shit. I've got all of them. Um, I think there's like eight they're not, movies. They're or not good. Right. Yeah, they're not good. <laughs> they're oh, yeah, not good full, whatsoever. It's full mood. I'm not expecting much out of those, just like I don't expect much out of any of the Evil Bong movies. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I've got all those, too. Love those movies. They're ridiculous as fuck. Oh, my but, God. One yeah. of them is just shilling all of their their action figures, which are shitty action figures, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah the, I mean... Hey, credit to Charles Band. He's making movies and getting his shit out there, so it's it's far more than I'm doing. Hey, I'm a big Evil Bong fan, so you know. <laughs> I like the first but, one. It's just when you start getting to like two and three and Evil like, Bong okay, versus like, uh, oh fuck, Ginger Dead Man. Ginger Dead Man. Actually, that I'm okay with. 
That I'm okay right. with. I, I got to see that one. I saw ones after. I'm like, I don't think I'm missing a whole lot with the versus one, but I mean, one of them was literally the entire setting was in a weed shop. They didn't leave that setting of like, you guys got a got a space for the entire time to shoot this movie, and you took mm. advantage to shoot everything here. Yeah, I get yeah. it. No, but at the same time, I was like, <laughs> there's nothing going on in this movie. Yeah, I think that was yeah. Evil Ball. That might have been six, six, six or something. I don't know. There's like twelve of those movies. There's a lot more of them than I realized. I was I was actually yeah. going through and seeing which ones I haven't seen. Um, and I and actually I don't have all those. I'm actually missing like three or four of them. But um, but yeah, they're just goofy ass fucking movies. Of course, again, full yeah. moon. You know, like those. But like, but it's still going with the, the franchise thing and stuff. You know, it's like those aren't going to ever like live up to being anything great. Yeah. You know what I mean, and and also I also got to say that when it comes down to, to art and terrifying and all that stuff, um, it's also nice to have a clown not be Pennywise or something like that that comes out and actually it's kind of fucking creepy. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes, mm-hmm. and so I get it. You know, and, so, yeah. And I'll say this: my my fear of clowns stems from two things. Reading it at far too young of an age. So the the version of Pennywise in my head is far more fucked up than anything that's been on film. Although credit to Tim Curry, he really creeped me out in that role. Beep, beep, Richie. (laughs) And then on one of the local stations, they used to play this movie about John Wayne Gacy starring, I think it was Brian Dennehy. And they always showed him in the clown makeup and it, and I was way, I was so young and I remember, and it instilled this fear of clowns in me because one, I'm like, okay, one, clowns will kill you and put you in a crawl space if they're real people. Two, you don't know if a clown is an evil entity from another dimension that's going to eat you. So clowns are evil. Stay away from them. And to this day, I'm like, nope, fuck you. You come near me, I'm going to knock you the fuck out. <laughs> are you talking about the movie Gacy? No, there was one before. It was like a made for TV film in like the late. I want to say the mid to late 80s, like not long after he was, well, probably I think it was what the 70s he was caught or early 80s. Fuck, I don't remember. But uh, yeah, it was something towards the late 80s, maybe even the early, early 90s. It was like a made for TV movie. Was it uh, Dear Mr. Gacy? It might have been for some. I cannot. That was that was William Forsyth. That was William Forsyth who played uh, that. There one. was one. I gotta look it up now because I know it was. Uh, see, this is what happens. I know. I know in my head. I'm like, God damn it! I know. I'm having to figure out how to spell his damn name too because I know I, unless I misremember, it's that stupid Mandela effect thing. Right. God damn it! I have the, to. I have to find out the, now because I know I'm not crazy. Maybe I am. Eh. Yeah, I just I just remember because uh, I don't I don't know Brian I don't know about Brian Denny playing him. I could be wrong. Hold on a second because now now I have to now I have to look because it's gonna that's gonna bug me. Yeah, because I can I can see him I can see him playing him. Um, let's see. Okay. Out of only two thousand, Jesus Christ! This guy's done. Brian Denny has done so much. Hmm. Oh, he's he's one of the best. I mean, he pissed off Rambo good enough. To Catch a Killer, John Wayne Gacy, TV miniseries, 1992. Oh. 
And okay. I remember there was a station that played it, and every time I saw him in that clown makeup, and then I saw pictures of the real Gacy later in that same, I was like, uh, nope, 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 nope. Yeah. It's like, I already okay, had Stephen yeah. King fucking me up, but now you got this. Yeah, Stephen King's really good about that shit. But yeah, uh, yeah, I didn't know about that movie. That's that's okay, cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I've ever, I don't think yeah. I've ever seen seen that one. That's interesting. I, I all right. <laughs> See, I, I like to learn different stuff. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and everything. I knew. Oh, I'm looking at the image. I can't. I can't. I'm swiping off that. Oh no, 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 no. So you, so Sorry. you have you have a full on you have a full on fear of, of clowns. Yeah, and it doesn't trigger a flight response in me. It triggers a fight response. Oh, okay. Ask me, ask me what that means, Chuck. <laughs> uh, what does that mean? <laughs> it means when friends of mine took me to um, Knott's Berry Farm here for their Halloween haunt, mm-hmm. and they dragged me into a clown maze, oh, I walked shit. through with my fists clenched, ready to throw down. And none of the clowns would jump out to scare me. They either scared the group in front of me and my friends or the group behind us because yeah. they peek around the corner and I was watching and I saw them and they saw my fist and they wouldn't scare us. We got out. I still had my fist clenched was, and was shaking from the adrenaline. They're like, what's going on? I said, I was going to hit somebody if they jumped out at me. Yeah. And now we got to go find me a drink to calm down. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I was full on going to punch a worker. <laughs> Knowing I mean, I, I don't do good about because, Yeah, I I just I don't like them. They they creep me out. There was one that drove through my neighborhood here back like not long after I got out of high school. He was driving like an ice like a party van or something. Oh, drove by my front door. And I was at the front door just looking out. And he looked over and stared at me as he was driving by. Slowed down and just stared. Went down to the cul-de-sac near my house, turned around, came back and stared as he drove off. And I was like, come back and see what happens. Come back and right. see what happens. I will be taken away from murder, you creepy fuck. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know me. if I would... Yeah. I wouldn't trust a clown driving a fucking ice cream truck. I'm, I'm already weird about yeah. that shit as it is. Yeah. I, I mean, don't have a fear of clowns they... about them, but they are creepy in their own little way. Yeah, so when... sad. There are some some people that are like, oh, you're afraid of clowns? I'm like, let me explain exactly. It's not the fear where, like, I'm going to go in the corner and start crying. It's if, right. if you dress up as a clown for Halloween and come to my house to try and scare me, you're going to get assaulted. <laughs> right. It, does, yeah, not, it yeah. does not look well for you to try and scare me as a clown. You wear a clown mask. I'm okay. I'm like, I know it's a mask. You come in the makeup and do... You yeah. put time and effort into making yourself look that way. That is disturbing. I That's... actually was painted up as John Wayne Gacy one year for a Halloween party. Oh, <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't on purpose. Uh, <laughs> I had went. I had uh, some some buddies of mine. We went to a a little college party in Berea, mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't have a costume or nothing. I was just kind of just there hanging out. Like I didn't realize what we were doing. We didn't, you know. And one of uh, one of the friends, uh, one one of the girls, was like, "Oh well, I'll I'll paint your face something." And I'm like, "All right." And so she paints my face. I look in the mirror, and I look. It's 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 straight up the 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 pogo the clown makeup. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was there was the, let's put it this way. Um, I didn't get laid that night. There was <laughs> there was a lot of there was a lot oh, of females man. that were not too. Uh, 
they just you know you know a lot of a lot of girls don't like the they don't like the, the clown makeup you know yeah. which you know uh unless uh, the only the only time that would be that would be acceptable is if uh they're juggalettes whoop whoop <laughs> yeah i i'm not going to go down the path of juggalos and juggalettes i i'm i'm not particularly into that but hey to each their own that's you know no i i'm a i'm not a juggalo but i'm i'm like a quarter juggalo i think because i i do i do uh i do like me some some psychopathic hatchet killing rap yeah, you know, I as far as I as far as I delve into it is Leanne introduced me to Tech Nine, so I am a Tech Nine fan. Oh yeah, Tech Nine, uh, yeah, Tech Nine's good. But yeah. you know, my brother tried to get me into ICP back in the day, and I was like, I just don't get it. He's like, but this and that. I'm like, I don't get it. Let me go back to my Dr. Dre and my Wu Tang Clan. Thanks. You know, uh, <laughs> that was me. It, for me, for me, it was, hey, this is I'm a horror fan. It's I, I like hip hop. It's called horror rap, and these guys are doing it, and they just kind of you know. I, after a certain point, I kind of fell off a little bit, but uh, yeah, yeah, I always have a little bit of love for the for uh, for Violent J and Shaggy. <laughs> yeah, the first time because Leanne got us VIP to go see like Tech Nine and all the strange music and this and that, and after the concert, I didn't say anything while we were there. Afterwards, I'm like. Am I correct in assuming that uh, Tech Nine is affiliated? She goes, "Yes, those were Juggalos at the concert." I'm like, "Okay, yeah. good to know." Well, Tech like, Nine was never. He was yeah, never, like uh, like there was an affiliation, but they weren't part of the same label or part of the same group. They had some crossover. They stuff they they, they he, he yeah yeah they they toured like they he came on tour with them yeah um, same tour uh, stuff gathering like that, the Juggalos. But... Yeah, that kind of shit. But yeah, he's he's always got love. He's always got love for for the juggalos and and for the psychopathic crew, um, you know. So yeah, yeah some killer clown shit. <laughs> <laughs> but my killer clowns usually come from outer space. That's you know that's just me. Uh, it's a classic. It's it it's was a uh, classic. My dad introduced me to it in the early days of HBO way back when. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so. Credit to my dad on that one, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, Hell yeah. So <laughs> anyway, we've, we back to opera. You know, <laughs> see, this is how good it is talking with you about horror. We can go off on anything and then come right back. I love this kind of conversation because this oh, is a conversation too, I would have with friends. We talk about one thing and then just veer off into everything else and then still steer it back at some point. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm all about this shit completely. Yeah. And actually, I, I want to talk about the, the end of this movie because essentially we get two endings. Mm-hmm. And the first one, I, I had forgot that once we know who the killer is, he basically takes her and ties her up in this small room and is going to burn himself mm-hmm. after handing her his gun. That he's, he's tied her to this chair, got her wrist tied, and he's telling her where to aim the gun with like moving it with her hand. And he goes, okay, now shoot. She can't see. She's been blindfolded. I'm like, what the fuck, dude. Yeah, it's pretty demented. Yeah, and the room the room goes up in flames. She's eventually rescued after she gets herself free, and then it turns out he wasn't even the body that was in there. Yeah, her and uh, her and Marco, the director guy, they leave, um, and end up going to the Alps 
and they're in some nice little little house, little kind of I don't know if you, would call, you can't really call it a cabin, just kind of like a house out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and then you find out, like, and then that, that, that's also a, a thing just in horror is don't always think the killer's dead just yet. Yeah. And I thought it was actually kind of uh, kind of cool how they did it. Uh, but you already, I mean, you kind of knew something was going to happen because everything just seemed too perfect, you know? Yeah. Um, and then when uh, uh, old old dude Marco or whatever, um, he finds the maid dead, which his his reaction to that is like not like it should have been. <laughs> his reaction isn't no. like, oh, my God. Uh, he's just like just staring at it. He's like, oh. Yeah, like, oh. Okay, I guess the TV report of saying they're on a manhunt for this guy is true. Like, yeah, he's here. Run. And then, of course, you know, the whole thing happens where um, old dude gets fucking stabbed over and over again by, by the killer. Yeah, and, which was which was kind of crazy because she takes off. I don't want to say she's running. She's more like quickly galloping mm -hmm. down the hill and the killer is like almost a dead sprint after her yeah catching up and then all of a sudden here comes marco out of nowhere from the side like just full-on tackling him to the ground like where the hell did how did you catch up so quick yeah yeah and then of course he gets stabbed by the guy over and over again and she's just kind of standing there going, huh? And that's, that's the thing is like, I mean, there's there's a lot she could have like done to save this guy. Yeah. You know, like she, she could have like pushed him, could have done something, but uh, she kind of just watched him get stabbed to death. Yeah. And then plays plays off the whole the whole thing, you know, trying to, you know, say that uh, that she's she, just, you know. Yeah. Just, like, just her like her mother. Yeah, exactly. Which, yeah, I guess we didn't divulge that part. We didn't he, mention that. Yeah. Yeah. He had known her mother, and she basically was using him. He was like her slave to kill because she enjoyed watching it happen. Is essentially, I believe, what the whole gist was of their relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a really he got weird tired of the fucking... demands. Yeah, yeah. And so he was comparing, uh, comparing Betty to her mother, um, and uh, which. He goes into all that before all this, you know, when, you know, before the fire happens. And stuff. Yeah. And she, to get him back to not be so violent towards her, she's like, we got to go, you know, before they find the body. I'm just like, my mom, you're right. And then she sees that uh, there's dogs coming for him, you know, that, that are out and about. Mm -hmm. And she knows that the cops are around. So she takes a giant rock, starts hitting him in the fucking head. And the cops come and it's a whole fucking thing. And uh, yeah, which it, honestly, I totally forgot about the ending when watching this. Yeah, and, same. You know, I I, I would have chose a better ending. Yeah. I, I thought she was going to end up, like, bashing his head in, so when the cops did come over, they were going to have to pull her away from him. That's what I would have done. That's, that's like, exactly what I thought. Like, she's been pushed so far that to end this, she's got to essentially you know, do what he was doing and just unleash that really psychotic side. Yeah. Instead, she hits him a few times, knocks him down, and then just goes, I was never like my mother. Yeah. 
But then the the cops were really weird at the end of this too, because they're asking her like, "Oh, what'd you say to him?" She goes, "Nothing of importance." Yeah. And they're like, just, "Okay, just I guess carry on." I'm like, "Wait a minute, are you going to ask her whose blood is on her blouse? Are you right. not going to follow up? Because there's a dead guy over in the field, not far from here." Yeah. Yeah. Which they, you know, they said they saw her talking to him, which that also doesn't make sense. Yeah. But because. She was talking to him, standing over top of the guy's body. So if they saw her talking to him, then they saw him being stabbed too. Yeah, but which yet means they, they were, didn't act any sooner to try and get over there. Well, and also the, the dogs were going across the little opening they were walking on, and so were those guys. And the only reason they knew that they were right there is because they saw they saw them there walking. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, but how did you see her talking to him? Yeah. I just one of those little things where you're like that. That doesn't make any sense, Argento. What are you doing? Yeah, but yeah, it's like if I, 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 he should have smashed his head. Should have smashed his head. She should have smashed his head. And to clear up with the cops going, oh, we saw you talking to him. There was a helicopter that flew overhead. We know now, it was part of the search. They could have said, oh, the helicopter told us they saw you with him, which is why we routed back this way. Would make more up. sense. Clears it up. You show a guy yeah. with a radio, okay, perfect. They got a radio call. Instead, it's like, well, wait a minute. How did you see? Because you were going the other direction, and somebody just happened to glance over and see him. Like, oh, there they are. If you saw him, you wouldn't have somebody go, there they are over there. Right. Yeah. A little weird. But, I I read that that ending was actually, they wanted Argento to cut that out of the film, and he said, no, I'm leaving it. Like, <laughs> Okay. But that that makes sense. It's Argento. He's like, no, fuck you. This is my film. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Him and Fulci both are really good about uh, pretty much telling people to fuck off if they if they didn't like his ideas or like yeah. their ideas. But I think aside from that ending, I still really, really like this film. Oh yeah, I, I mean it's a classic. I mean it really is, and I it's definitely. It's... Go ahead. Go on. Go ahead. You first. No, I was just gonna say I think it's. Um, it's a staple in, in Argento's career. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it's definitely, it, it's, you know, it's Suspiria um, and demons and, and, and all that shit or whatever. Like it's, it's up there with, with, with all the ones that we, we know and love. And, you know, it's, it's creepy. It's, it's disturbing. It's bloody. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it gets the point across pretty, uh, pretty, pretty easily. Um, yeah, it's just uh, yeah, so just a, just a, a classic classic uh, giallo um, horror film. Yeah, you know? I was gonna say I think this is very much like an entry level type of giallo. If somebody's looking to just get in, like how yeah. I discovered it without knowing anything, this is a good way to kind of get right into what giallo is. Is you've got the black glove killer. Which, one thing I want to say, not only was the killer wearing black gloves in this movie, then he was wearing surgical gloves over the black gloves. Yeah. Which I was like, yeah. okay. It's an added, added layer that I never, I hadn't seen done. Like, I've seen well, other, like, uh, Black Belly of the Tarantula, the killer in that is wearing surgical gloves, not black leather gloves like your typical Jello films are. Okay, gotcha. But when I saw the surgical gloves over the leather, I was like... Okay, you're trying not to leave any trace of anything, anything behind. And that oh, way yeah. you can still wear those gloves around in your normal everyday life and nobody's going to think twice about it. Yeah. 
I mean, and, and also the fact of like, you know, um, so the the part where he like cause he, he's washing off the the bracelet, mm-hmm. and that's when he that's when he takes it off. I think if I remember correctly, that's when he takes off the the surgical yeah. gloves off the top of it or whatever. Um, you know, you also I mean, it didn't really explain it, but I mean, there's also the the idea of okay, well, just in case there is a rip or tear in the gloves, you know, this way there's nothing, you know, um, that's gonna uh, Trace it back to that person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna go out and slaughter people, you got to take every precaution that you can. <laughs> yeah, Ex- exactly, exactly. I mean, he even wore a black hood over his head so you wouldn't pick up on who it was. So, yeah. Black so you can show your killer, which is something you don't really see in a lot of these. You either see like in shadow, or you see the feet, or you see the hands from the POV perspective. You don't really see full on and Argento was like well I'm going to show you the killer head to toe but his face is going to be obscured by this hood and you're not going to get any sort of idea of who it could be even the voice yeah you couldn't tell because it was it was distorted and even when he was like talking through the door before he shot that woman it was a very nondescript indiscernible voice yeah like later on you were like oh that was the wonder they cast or had that voice dub over. It's like it, it worked because you couldn't pick up on it really. Well, even in the scene with the the woman getting shot with the the eye hole, the eye hole. Um, you know, he 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 flashes his badge and it shows his face right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you barely see it because of the light and all that stuff, which is you know. But you see that it's a guy that has a mustache and glasses. Mm-hmm. In, in the picture. So like, it's kind of all you, you right then is when you, it's, it's those little subtle things right then is when you kind of go, that's the killer. Like that's not yeah. a cop. It's, you know, cause they, they cause they could, they could have played that either way. And, mm-hmm. uh, I like the way that it went. Yeah. That was how I was wanting it to go. Yeah. You know, there is, there is one thing that was, it did delve into the weird, the little girl crawling around the air conditioning fence in this damn building. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what? I mean, I get it it got her out of the apartment when the killer was there, our main character, but it was just kind of like, where did this even come from? (laughs) Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's another little thing though, that that comes along with these kind of movies is there's always going to be shit that doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be those, those parts where you're going, why? You know, uh, you can actually go back and look at just about any Fulci film and feel the same way about it. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like House by the Cemetery, one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, movie doesn't make a lick of sense, but I love it. I mean, it, it really doesn't make any sense. Um, but there's something about it. Yeah. You know, I saw it um, once way back when, and I could not tell you what I saw. I just know that in looking back on social media, I posted, hey, I'm watching House by the Cemetery. And I don't, I know it was weird, and it didn't make any sense. Other than that, I can, it, I have to go back and watch it again, because my brain just couldn't process and hold on to all of it. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's one of those where it's just like, okay, this movie's just so fucked up. You know, because there, there, there's, there's a lot of cool stuff with it. But, you know, even as a huge fan of it, I can't. You know, uh, even City of the Living Dead, which I have a fucking poster of right behind me, um, like that movie. There's it's it's choppy as fuck too, because there's a whole lot of stuff that goes on in it, but it does you can't even tell if it's like actually making that much sense or not. 
I mean, right. it's like chopped up parts of different people die in different fucked up ways. And there's not really too much of a story. I mean, there's a little bit of a story. There's a tiny little bit of a story, but then there's a whole bunch of like nonsense. And you're going, I don't get it. I love this movie. And why? You know what I mean? Like, cause I, cause I really do have to look at some of these movies and go, I, I love it, but I, I still can't figure out all the reasons why I do. Yeah. And every time I watch one of these types of movies, I figure out new reasons why I do. And maybe that's another reason why I, I love watching these all the time. Like, Fulci and Argento are, are, are two that are movies that, like, they're, they're movies I go to sleep to. Like, if I just want something to listen to while I'm sleeping, you know, and I've, I've seen a good fucking portion of all of, of all of them. And, mm. you know, I, I can listen to them and I know exactly what scene it's at, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, but yeah, th- this, this one is definitely, uh, it's, it's a, it's a must. If you're, if you're not familiar, um, with Giallo, if you're, if you've only watched a couple of, of, of Giallo films from either, you know, be it other directors besides, you know, Fulci and, and Baba and, and Argento, um, opera's a good one. It really is. It, you're right. It's, it's definitely a good one to, to kind of hold the door open for, uh, for those that are uh, less educated about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it, it works two ways. Is one, it can get somebody exposed to the giallo genre, so they can go down that path and be like, okay, I really want to see what else is in this. Also, right. it exposes you to Argento in an, an easy-to-consume manner before you start diving into some of the more weird shit that he did. You know, sus- like, Suspiria is not something I would show to somebody right away. I got shown, I was shown it right away as my first exposure to Argento. I appreciate that, but I was already going into it having seen so much other stuff that was really weird. And, you know, I I had a run around that time where I was consuming so much Japanese horror and weird shit. Like, oh, uh, yeah. What was it? Tokyo Gore Police and Machine. Oh, shit. I was sitting there thinking about that. I was like, Tokyo (laughs) Gore Police. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw that movie and I was like, I don't care if this doesn't make any fucking sense. I love it. I'm so weird about Japanese movies. I just love that when somebody got an arm cut off, it was just a fountain. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tokyo Gore, please, is one I've always liked because of that reason. Uh, You ever seen Ishii the Killer? No, but it is. Trust me, there's a lot of Japanese horror I have not seen. There was a lot. I was taking in so much. I was like, I got to go to something else for a minute because I'm I'm wearing myself out. Ishii the Killer, I'm going to say this right now. It's such a fucked up movie on so many levels. Its um, reputation is known by me. I just have not seen the actual film yet. The first scene, there's, I'm not going to say it, but there's something that goes on and the opening scene, the opening title uh, is mushed in with it because there is a substance that's dripping. And that's that's all I can really, without mm. being too graphic. Um, and yeah, an old boy. Have you watched Old Boy? Not not the remake that no. came out with uh, what's his what's his ass Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. No, no. remake. What are you talking about? No, I I would watch the original if I'm going to watch Old Boy, the only one that exists in my head because I've heard, I basically heard that <sighs> the remake was essentially shot for shot, just done for Western audiences. I'm like, what's the point? Right, right, yeah. And I haven't seen any of the other Old Boy movies because there's like two or three of them. All I know is yeah. I watched the first one and I was like. 
I, my jaw was dropping by the end of it. That's so, what you know. It's gone. Yeah, yeah. I'm I so picky about some of those movies. Yeah, yeah. So I, I won't, I won't, I won't give none away. But it's, it, it's definitely, it's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, it's yeah. just, uh, whoo. And, and then also, you know, because uh, I know we're, we're, we're getting to that point or whatever. But uh, uh, that's going back to, you know, what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. With different, you know, you know, if you watch if you watch a, a, a Korean movie or a Japanese horror movie, you know that you're going to probably have some creepy girl, you know, with long hair, mm-hmm. moves weird. Uh, you also know there's a possibility that you're going to get some weird sex stuff and some real taboo shit. Um, that's almost hard to watch. Yeah. Um, and you're you're also there's a possibility of you getting these semi anime but with people live action stuff going on you know uh, like I said with 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 Italian you're you're getting that the 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 sexual stuff as well as you get um, you know eyes being you know poked out and stabbed and shot whatever else um, the brutality of it you know what I mean yeah um, which I mean in all honesty I'll tell you it's actually kind of crazy because. Uh, last couple of years, I don't watch much, but uh, there's there's a couple of Spanish. I can't remember the name of it. There's a couple of Spanish horror films um, that I checked out um, that they're very similar uh, to Giallo films. Uh, they have a very similar brutality. Um, they have a very similar similar um, take mm-hmm. on on uh, on killers, you know. Uh, but yeah, you know, and then, and, and then of course, you know, being a, you know, American horror films, you know, there's so many different things that, you know, it's like, you know, you have movies that are at the bottom of the spectrum and you have movies that are at the top of the spectrum and we're all over the fucking place. And we yeah. have, we have taken from a lot of those other ones. You know what I mean? So, yeah. 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 There's, there's a lot of, a lot of American films out there that, that wear the, the influences right on their sleeve. Right, yeah. And then there's some that'll be like, oh, no, I've not seen any of this Italian horror. It's like, really? Because your movie was exactly like this. Yeah, yeah. Like, Just give credit where credit's due. But, you know, so much is taken from so many. I mean, influ- influenced across the board by however many of these guys. Hey, praise, praise Argento, praise Baba, praise Fulci, praise... Poopy, whatever his fucking name is, praise all these fucking guys because they bring they 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 bring um, they bring the slaughter, and you can't yeah. you can't have you can't have laughter without slaughter, right? Exactly. I don't know what that means. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, it, if it worked in the the two thousand eight film The Dark Knight, it works right here. There you go. There you go. I, I've seen The Dark Knight way too many fucking times. <laughs> uh, it's 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 a good one, man. Heath Ledger made that fucking movie. It, uh, it is. I I like the Nolan trilogy. People are gonna hate me for that. I did like Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. You know, I did too. I thought I thought that Bane was great. You yeah. know, but it, to me, when it comes down to, to those movies, um, like I never liked Christian Bale as as Bruce Wayne or Batman. Um, I get it. I get it. I, I, I'm a big fan of American Psycho, so if I want Patrick Bateman, I'll just go watch one of those. Yeah, you know, I, I get it. it. It's not wearing hockey pants, like. 
I mean, Dark, I, honestly, Dark Knight, I watched that movie and I will literally like, there's, there's, you can go on YouTube and it's just the scenes with Joker. I'll just watch that. Yeah. I think a buddy of mine, we went like three times to the theater to watch it that year because oh, we were just yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Same with it's, Batman Begins because it was like, holy shit. I know the story of Bruce Wayne, but I was like, this is done very well. I yeah. didn't mind being told the origin again. They they did the origin seeing that. Uh, what was cool about that one was they didn't go with the like they kept with like you know the classic you know shit whatever. But yeah, they also brought in like it was almost kind of like watching an adult version of like the animated show. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I I, I love I love the animated series. Oh, that was love it. That was my. That that was my second exposure to Batman as a kid, which became my favorite. The first was the 60s TV show. Uh, exactly. So, Same here. Then yeah. when the animated series came by, I was like, oh, this is my Batman. Yeah. And then, of well, course, okay. now, before that, I saw the 89 movie, of course, and I was like, oh, this is dope. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. And I then saw, the animated I series, Batman I was like, years. well. It's like, well, uh, now the animated series goes above, you know, Batman and Batman Returns. Yeah, I still I still love those. I got I, I love to find a box set of all those. Yeah, I I, I still I still love watching. I I still got Mask of Phantasm right here somewhere on VHS. Uh, see, Classic. I, I never bought that one, but I watched it and I was like, this is this might be the best Batman movie I've seen. I, I you know what? Batman. I'll tell you, I, I I found that movie I was looking for it for fucking ever, and a few years ago. I found I was I was I was going I was in a big buying bulk VHS movies and there were some people that were selling like a shit ton of fucking VHSs and it was like mm-hmm. 30 bucks they're all yours and I had been that was one movie that I kept trying to find trying to find and I shit you not it was in that uh that probably fucking 400 fucking VHSs that I if not more uh that I got it was like one of the one of the top ones I was like fucking a so mm-hmm. yeah classic yeah, yeah. I I've been watching the animated series again on HBO Max because it's there for now. It's there, oh, and nice. I'm just like, wow, this is still in 2023, as amazing as it was then. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, it's it, it's one of those that will always hold up. I, I right now in my head, I can think of like seven of my favorite fucking episodes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Good yeah. shit. Completely good shit. Yeah, and for the longest time, I had no idea that Mark Hamill was my favorite Joker of all time. Oh, dude, yeah, uh, Mark Hamill, fucking that mother. I'm not a Star Wars guy. I'm not a Star Wars guy. Um, I, I've always respected mm-hmm. it, you know, um, but Mark Hamill doing the voice for Joker, top notch, top yeah. fucking notch. Yeah, I've I've never been a huge Star Wars guy. I mean, I've seen all the movies. I've seen most of the series. I'm like, okay, it's good for what it is. I'm not hardcore. And then when people are like, oh, we should, you know, lynch the people behind this movie because it's dog shit. I'm like, dude, you're getting more of something you loved as a kid. Fuck off, man. Like, just a pre- yeah. if you don't like it, don't watch it. That's that's where I come down to is like, you can hate something, but to actively tell everyone that likes it, you're a piece of shit for liking it. It's like. It's kind of where I draw the line. I'm like, come on. I mean, I try not to be like that because I mean, everybody's got their yeah. opinions. There is only one. I'm not. We're not even going to start. We're not even going to start this. We <laughs> have time for it. But there's only one franchise that I think that if you support it, 
then there are some fucking issues with you if you know the story behind it. And that's Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. And that shit should be wiped from the fucking face of the planet along with any of his other fucking piece of shit movies. They're all I, horrible fucking shit. I am with that's you. That's the on only that. one. Though. Yeah, because I... I watched the first one way back when, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. I kind of like this. And then I found out, and I went, oh, fuck. Yeah. I was like, yeah. uh, and they let him keep making movies. Yeah, and especially after he made Powder. Yeah. Which yeah. Uh, was about a, a boy in a fucking shed forever. But anyway, yeah, yeah, Fuck that yeah. guy. Fuck those movies. Let's move yeah. on. We'll move on. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think bottom line here, if we get back, I think we both fucking recommend opera. Definitely. Everybody. Definitely. I mean, I had fun going back and watching it. I'm going to probably watch it again in the next couple of days here, even though I have another movie I'm supposed to watch. I'm going to fit opera in there again, too. <laughs> I think I'm going to watch more Giallo here in a little bit. I've got to watch uh, Groundhog Day uh, for uh, uh, video store clerks, because tomorrow we're talking uh, about Bill Murray and stuff like that. And that's one oh, nice. of the okay. main ones. Uh, but I think after I, after I watch that one, I think I might have to dive into to a little bit more Italian stuff because because I'm I'm kind of in the mood now. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Same. I love I, this dude. I have so much stuff in my shutter. I'm like, oh man, there's like just general horror, and then there's all the Italian giallo and the stuff that is technically giallo, but it goes a little more supernatural because you know it, it's Italian. It gets weird. But yeah, I'm on a kick oh, yeah. now. I. I'm definitely going to do this again next year for January, just to spoil it for everybody who's listening. So, Chuck, you're hey. more than welcome to come back on, man. You got an open invite to come back anytime for this. But, I mean, you can come back anytime on the show, of course. But if you want to come back for more Giallo. Oh, definitely. I mean, January is my birthday month, too. And, and there's not there's not a better uh, a, a better month to, uh, for me to, to, to be talking about the uh, giallo film so yeah I'm nice definitely, uh, definitely nice down. well happy but, birthday month man <laughs> oh yeah i was i was born on friday the 13th and uh That's i actually right. got my friday the 13th this year and so you know old three nine came uh came in a good way nice nice oh, yeah nice so chuck uh where can where can people find you if they listen to you here and they want to know more about you know the dude that is chuck nasty where can they find you Oh, there's a few places. Um, well, let's see. We'll start with, uh, I have my band, Bastard Sons of a Judas Goat. Um, we're a uh, two-piece um, sludge, doom, uh, occasionally noise, a uh, little bit of hint of hardcore and grindcore mixed in. Um, we're actually recording our new album uh, right now. Uh, we're almost done with it, and it should be out in the next couple of months. Um but you can find us on, uh, you can, there's cool video clips, a lot of stuff on YouTube, go to our Facebook page. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cool, uh, 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 video clips and stuff on there from shows and stuff. Um, uh, and then it also, you can find out some of the dates for some of our upcoming shows that are coming up. We got four, four booked, um, as of right now, um, we're not doing too many shows this year. Um, just cause we're trying to focus on a lot more recordings that need to get done. Okay. Um, but uh but yeah facebook bandcamp um spotify for all that stuff um so if you're a fan of, of the kind of music that i told you we do check it you know check us out um let us know how you, how you feel about it whatever um and then uh podcast wise you got uh my show nasty nation which is um i i interview people sometimes sometimes it's just me just ranting and raving 
Um, and then you have Graveyard Talk, which uh, is me and my buddy Whitman, uh, which you can catch him on uh, uh, Whitman Photography, uh, Instagram, Facebook, places like that. Um, and we talk about horror and, and, and all that kind of that stuff. And those two are just audio as of right now. One thing we're going to work on this year is bringing that a little bit more to the masses. Uh, and we're going to we're working on uh, getting some of those episodes put on some kind of uh, uh, format probably put it on on youtube and then start filming some stuff uh video wise a lot more uh that's still in the works though uh, nice. but that's all you can all you can find both those shows on spotify just look up nasty nation both shows are are, are on there um either you'll see you'll say nn or gt and the reason for that is i started doing nasty nation back when i restarted it right when uh shutdown when covid was all that and uh uh, women and, and I started doing these shows, and so we just left it on, on that same platform. So, uh, mm-hmm. so that's all on, on Spotify. Anchor uh, is where we record it from, so you can go on there as well. Uh, drop us a line; you, you can leave us messages and shit. We'll play them on the show, whatever. Um, but you can find us on uh, on Graveyard Talk and Nasty Nation. Uh, uh, both those are on Facebook as well. Um, and then you have uh, Video Store Clerks which uh, is on at uh, usually 11 p.m. on Wednesday nights, uh, 11 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, But tomorrow um, and the next week, um, it's going to be at 10 because uh, one of our guys uh, has some work things going on. So we're going to be jumping an hour early, um, but only for a couple of weeks. Um, And you can find that stuff. That's the audio that's on Spotify. You can go on YouTube. It's on there. Um, Facebook. Uh, all that stuff we can go live uh, so you can come on and comment and, and all that fun shit um and uh yeah um that's about it i i also will say uh tell us in the podcast i uh, was a part of for over a year now um and recently done uh d- due to um some some scheduling and some things that i had to get taken care of and whatnot um, I, 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 I'm actually, I've actually stepped back from tell us the podcast, uh, right. but please, by all means, go, go check out JB on tell us the podcast. I'll be on there on occasions, uh, as a guest and whatnot. Um, you can go tell us the podcast.com and find all about the, the, the podcast on there. Um, and you can also buy the comic book that we did tells a shock and terror. Um, and that's on there and stuff. So you go, go get that, check that out. Cause they're putting out a new, a new comic before too long. So. Please, by all means, go go and support those guys. Uh, still love them. Um, and but besides that, that's uh, that's oh, and also just to throw this out. Um, mm-hmm. I've been uh, going through, um, and I've actually got someone editing uh, my uh, one of my novels, uh, so I can get that fucking shit out this year. It's called House of Flesh, um, and I'm putting it out some way, shape, or form. That's that's one of the main goals. Um, and I actually just started, uh, while I'm waiting for that one to be done, I actually started a new novel. Um, and the only thing I can tell you about that one, it involves a restaurant, cannibals, and weird fucked up monsters. So, yeah. Okay. So there's, there's, there's that. There's that. And if you, if you want to be my friend, if you want to be my friend, you can, uh, you can also just hit me up, uh, on Facebook if you know my name. If not, hit me up on Nasty Nation. <laughs> and, I'll include links to all of that stuff Chuck just ran down in the show notes. You can go find him there. And okay. you know what? After all that, y- you know where to find Skewer Universe. If you're listening, you found us. 
But all my stuff will be in the notes. But more importantly, check out the stuff Chuck mentioned. Support him. Support his band. Do all that stuff. Hey, support support Skewered as well, man. Come on, man. Hey, support us. We're we're independent podcasters out here, man. We don't have we don't have contracts like Joe Rogan and from Spotify and shit. You know, unless you want to give it to us. You want yeah, to, you, you want to give us some money. Like you want to give me some money? I'll gladly take it. Fuck but yeah. I I came up I came up listening to podcasts in the early days when people were just doing it out of their family rooms, you know. So that's kind of why I do it the way I do it, you know. Low budget, try and get as good a quality as I can, and you know, talk about whatever the fuck I want to talk about. Yeah, man, I totally get that. I always uh, my dad was a DJ in college. I grew up listening to uh, a lot of his tapes. Mm -hmm. uh, he'd always be listening to him and pump up the volume. I don't know if you remember that movie not with Christian Slater. Yeah, that was a big influence on me to do it. So I like I like the aspect of, of keeping some things audio uh, because of that uh, that Howard Stern, uh, Harry Hardcock uh, mentality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I was a huge Howard Stern fan growing up. So that's that's kind of yeah. why I just grabbed that. <laughs> Anytime somebody does, hey, now I know exactly. 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 Yeah. And if you don't <laughs> know, then you don't know. You're on the other side, brother. You're yeah. on the other side if you don't know. Yeah. Oh man, this this was this was a fucking blast having you on. We're definitely gonna have yeah. you on again. You know, if you're ever looking Please for do. somebody to show up on your end for something, you know, whatever you got going on your end, you know, I'm always down uh, to, to jump over to your side too. I'm already I'm already been thinking on it. Don't worry, I'll be I'll be hitting you up. All right. Yeah, man. And you can open invite to come back. I'll I will let you know when there's something interesting coming. But as far as the January is for Giallo series, which I'm keeping around. If anyone yep. doesn't like it, well, it's my show. Fuck you. Exactly. You you're gonna come back. We're gonna do more of this next year for January for sure. Hey man, I, I look forward to it. We're really gonna do. have you we're gonna have you back a lot sooner than that. And who knows? I may show I up at, so. at your doorstep at one of your podcasts sooner sooner than later. Hell yeah, brother. I, I I really appreciate you having me on, man. This is this has been a lot of fun. I, I'm always down to talk horror, especially when it involves uh old old Argento. Hey man, of course, of course. It was a it was a chance meeting, you know. Mars mm -hmm. got me in touch with JB, which put me in touch with you. We just all kind of clicked and hit it off. So it's been it's been nice, man. It's been nice yeah, to make dude. a new friend in this podcasting community because that's a, I actually think some of us in the podcasting, this podcasting community, horror podcasting, are some of the, the better people out there. I highly agree with you on that. Don't get me Completely. wrong. We've got a few assholes in the mix, but we try to weed them out. <laughs> right, right. There's assholes and there's fucking assholes. I'm just an asshole, so I'm, I'm cool to have yeah, around. Yeah, I have my asshole <laughs> tendencies, too. So <laughs> yeah. That being said, Chuck... <laughs> Again, thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun talking opera and everything else horror with you. Yeah, brother. And that, being, that being said, the rest of you guys, why don't you just enjoy that universe that's just a bit skewered? <laughs>